sleep, anxiety, depression, and headache. What do they all have in common? Stay tuned to find out on episode four. Hey everybody, it's Connor Collins here with episode four of the Concast. I am a registered massage therapist and sports injury therapist practicing just outside of Toronto, Ontario, and Canada. And for episode number four, I want to touch on the big three when it comes to recovering from a concussion. One of the things that we do know is the earlier we can get ahead of the big three and manage them from the initial acute stage, the better our patients have in terms of their overall prognosis in that they will have a better recovery, potentially a quicker recovery when these big three are managed. So the big three are sleep hygiene, headache, and anxiety or depression and or mood disorder, those three categories. So let's talk about each of the big three in a little bit more detail. Talk about some of the important things to manage, tips and tricks and strategies that you may want to talk about with your healthcare practitioner that's currently managing your concussion and provide you a little bit more information. Before we get into that, again, I just want to clarify, this isn't medical advice, it's sort of food for thought. Make sure that you're seeing a healthcare practitioner to manage your concussion, someone that's well-versed in managing these properly and through up-to-date evidence. So the first is sleep hygiene. So what do I mean by sleep hygiene? Sleep is probably the most brain-saving thing that we have after brain injury. The better quality sleep we can get, the more we can expedite that process of recovery. It eases some of the other symptoms, the overall symptoms, allows us to regain energy after the acute stage of concussion, and overall just allows the brain to get into a really good healing state. So some of the things that are present following a concussion are a disruption in sleep hygiene. Now, if you've had sleep troubles prior to your concussion, this might even be more problematic for you. So we see things like the inability to fall asleep or the inability to stay asleep. This typically will perpetuate exhaustion throughout the day. And we know that mental exhaustion and sort of mental overload is one of those things that many people post-concussion struggle with. And the more poor quality sleep you're getting at night, the more this is going to perpetuate this. So we see this exhaustion increase during the day, which increases the frequency of napping during the day. And the more that you have a tendency to nap, that's only going to perpetuate that poor cycle of sleep during the night. So the first thing is we want to try and regulate the the quality of sleep that you're getting at night so we can get you into a, a nice deep REM sleep, which is brain saving, brain healing. So what are some tips for that, some general sleep hygiene tips? The first is you want to sleep in a cold or cooler dark room with no electronics, including smartphones, and you want to go to bed at a fixed bedtime. Now, the the bedtime isn't necessarily, the specific time that you're going to sleep isn't necessarily that important as long as it's fixed and preferably a fixed wake-up time. So you're going to bed at roughly the same time, waking up the same time in the morning every day. This allows the brain to get into a a proper routine that it can become predictable and and just makes things as simple as possible during a time where everything else is perceivably chaotic. The other thing is 
You wanna have a fairly predictable bedtime routine, limiting caffeine, sugar, and alcohol anywhere from two to four hours before bed, as these can sometimes disrupt sleep. Even high carbohydrate meals in that window can sometimes disrupt sleep. And one of the tips that might be beneficial is if you're taking a little bit of fat or protein uh, as a snack about 90 minutes before bed, that might help uh, curve some of the blood sugar spikes throughout the course of the night and lead to a little bit of a, a more stable sleep, preventing waking uh, up during the night. So that's another tip. We also have sleep supplements, and these are things that you definitely want to make sure that you're seeing someone qualified to give you guidance on this. These sleep supplements include things like magnesium, melatonin. There are other ones on the market as well. Some of these are used to help make you fall asleep. Some of them help you stay asleep, but they can be used when necessary. There are also other sleep aids like sleep medications that may be prescribed by your physician. And again, you want to take these according to what your healthcare practitioner is prescribing and making sure that they're a qualified practitioner. The other potential controversial topic is should you nap or should you not? I'm under the opinion that you want to try and avoid napping during the day as much as possible, especially after 2 to 3 p.m. You want to try and keep your naps 15 to 20 minutes tops if possible. If you allow your naps to go a lot longer than that, you put yourself into sleep debt and you're not typically going to sleep as well during, during the evening or during the night, and that's only gonna perpetuate the process. If you're having trouble falling asleep, so you're lying in bed at night, and after 40 minutes you're still tossing and turning, it'd be advisable that you get out of bed, do something light, maybe some light meditation, or just walk around for 10 or 15 minutes and then go back into bed, rather than continuing that kind of mental anguish of attempting to fall asleep. There are a lot of other stress management tools that you can use as well, maybe doing some yoga, light exercise before bed, journaling, meditation, that type of thing to reduce the overall stress load. And one of the reasons why people have a tough time falling asleep a lot of the time is uh, just sort of the mental rat race that's going on in the head, and this can be perpetuated when you're feeling all of these other symptoms of concussion. So sleep is by far... if if not one of the big three, the most important thing to try and regulate following a, a concussion. And if, you're, if you've recently had a concussion or you're in the post-concussive or persistent stage and you're still dealing with issues with sleep, that would be my, my first piece of advice is seek out someone that can help you manage that appropriately. The second of the big three is headache. So you want to first try and be able to classify your headache. So there are a number of different types of headaches that may be present following a concussion. Cervicogenic means that they might be coming from the muscles, the ligaments, or the joints of the neck. An autonomically driven headache is a headache that's driven by the nervous system, which is often present as a, as a migraine-style headache following a concussion. You might have aggravation of pre-existing migraine headaches, as well as there's medication overuse headaches. If you start to get into the cycle of con consistently taking medication, sometimes that medication can provoke a headache uh, as part of its withdrawal symptomology. So you want to see somebody that can understand these headaches for you and provide you appropriate strategies as well as potential treatment and or exercises to help mitigate some of the symptoms of headache. Once the headache is under control, that will help with all of the other symptoms. Sleep hygiene is also going to have a direct correlation to your headache and often help 
reduce some of the headache symptoms that you're feeling throughout the course of the day, as well as cardiovascular exercise, which we'll talk about in, in other podcasts, which should be guided by your healthcare practitioner and not just taken upon yourself to do uh, cardio on your own. A lot of this has to be done through heart rate guided strategies, which can have been shown to be very beneficial. Once your headache and your sleep is under control, the last of the big three, but certainly not the least, is whether or not there's a, a presence of a mood disorder following concussion. And again, this is something that you wanna know whether it's present even prior to suffering a concussion. So does the person have a history of anxiety or depression uh, that they were medicated for in the past and have they experienced a resurgence of symptoms since the concussion, which is uh, very common? And this can be done through uh, certain questionnaires that are out there, anxiety or depressive questionnaires. You can go to your family physician and help them guide you as to whether or not you're truly experiencing anxiety or depression. And often this can be difficult for a patient to quantify. Sometimes you would need to go back on your medication under the guidance of your physician. Sometimes cognitive behavioral therapy or talking to a counselor can help. Stress management can help as well. Or sometimes it's a combination of all three of those things. But again, that's why it's important to seek out somebody that can help, help manage this for you. We also want to know in that sort of subset of mood disorder whether or not there's a history of learning disability as well. There's some suggestions that maybe having a history of learning disability might create some trouble during the healing process early on. So again, this is the third and final of the big three that although it's last is certainly not, not least. So just to summarize again, the big three that we wanna try and get under control following a concussion are sleep, presence of mood disorder, anxiety, or depression, as well as get that headache under control. And there are definitely a number of strategies to help with this. It really does take tackling all of these three elements from a number of different avenues to try and get the best results. And just because you've tried one thing, it doesn't mean that there aren't other things that will help the process. So if you're frustrated, try not to be and be sure to go and seek out the help of a qualified practitioner to try and really tackle this from all avenues. So again, if you are struggling with either an acute concussion, post-concussion syndrome, or persistent symptoms, go back to these base three and see what is under control for you and what's not. And then go to a qualified practitioner or your physician and say, I've heard this podcast. I understand that these are the big three that need to be controlled. I'm having trouble with sleep or my mood, or I've still got this persistent headache. What are the best ways that I can help deal with this? And that might get you over the hump in terms of moving forward. So as always, if you have any questions about the big three, feel free to put them in the comments below. My question for you is what have you struggled with the most following your concussion? Has it been headache? Has it been anxiety, depression, or mood disorder? Is it sleep or is it something else? Is it fogginess, light heart palpitations, dizziness, vertigo, a little bit of nausea? Comment below and, and comment some strategies that have helped work for you. And we'll see you in the next one. Hopefully you found this helpful and enjoy the rest of your day, folks.